gentlemen to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are amazing i am your moderator b jones and i'm here with my man coach k with the 2019 gold shirt what's happening what's going on what's what's the goal i'm here with you man execute bro just execute this is a eta shirt shout out to eta and the crew um but this came out like earlier in the year it's my first time wearing it though Mm -hmm. um you know I, th- I think you gotta you gotta put a reminder out there. You know, we halfway through the year. It's not too late. It's never too late. So it's never too late. You know, gotta get back in the groove. All of you that were trying to get fit, you know, it's not too late. Don't, don't wait. Don't wait for you know January of twenty twenty to start up again. No, man. We say it all the time, man. You got to start early, start now. Now is the time. Fitness goals, financial goals, relationship goals. Just put them out there, man. Me and Chris actually uh, had a conversation yesterday. Well, yeah, we had the conversation yesterday and you alluded to it last podcast. We talked about it, setting those goals, man. So, um, you know, we got some things lined up for the horizon as far as uh, marriage, baby, her business uh, aspirations and employment and stuff. So we got to keep keep that stuff in constant uh, conversation, man, because things change every day, yeah. every night. Absolutely. So um, definitely get your 2019 goals in. And one of them needs to be a regular listener to this podcast, man. We got a great show lined up for you this week. Uh, We're going to start with this uh, amazing and uh, somewhat controversial I was reading some stuff today, but somewhat controversial new Netflix series, When They See Us. Um, I was looking at it. I'm three episodes in, so I got one more episode. Coach K seen all four of them. And he was telling me that the fourth episode might be just as hard to watch as the first. So I'm not looking, not really looking forward to it, but I got to finish it out. I got to take it all the way home. But I was reading something today where the uh, prosecutor, prosecutor, and I have to look up her name to give her her, uh, the respect she is owed. is she owed any respect? Uh, <laughs> man, if this... Uh, anyway, we'll get into that. Okay. With the prosecutor. Um, you know, she's not very happy with the, the light that was shed on her um, and how she handled this thing. She was, also, she was calling, you know, all kind of falsities and even went as far to say, even if they weren't uh, guilty of the crime that they were charged with, they were guilty of something that night. And for that, I, I almost have no words because it's the entire, the entire series. I just felt like there was an absence of respect for human life. That's so, yeah, there's absolutely a, a disrespect for human life, um, just disrespect for black life, um, which newsflash, um, you know, I don't think that's gone anywhere per se. Every day. <laughs> I think it's just a little bit different in how it's presented now, but um, staying on her for a second, uh, she even went as far as to contacting Ava DuVernay. Linda right? Fairstein, that's her name. Yep. She went as far as to contact her because she wanted to have a say in how her character was presented. Mm, Ava, DuVernay, Ava DuVernay basically said, yeah, I'm not returning that phone call. 
Absolutely not. And and hats go hats off to Ava DuVernay because cin- cinematically, this is an excellent representation um, of the facts and is an excellent representation of everything. I mean, it, it, the the way that it's put together, the emphasis that they they put on these boys, their lives, and and the storyline and how they follow their storylines all the way through up through the three episodes that I've seen is just amazing. And I saw um, you know Michael K. Williams in there. Um, he's one of my favorite actors. He's actually done another show with a similar storyline, but it was Iranian guy. That was a show on HBO a while ago. I had to look up the name, but it was similar storyline where a guy gets you know caught up in the mix of the system, wrong place, wrong time, and it just wrecks his entire life. Um, but then I also saw Robert De Niro um, as an executive producer. Yes. Yes, uh, he is an executive producer. Yeah, uh, and I'm interesting, man. That's just a lot of there was a lot of firepower um, behind this movie. Uh, you know, o- Oprah's also listed as an executive producer. Yes, she uh, is. Ava DuVernay. There's some other people um, who I'd have to look them up and see, but yeah, that caught me too when I saw Robert De Niro was behind it. Now I, I almost wondered what his involvement was at the time um, that this was going on. And and speaking of that, look, man, it's frustrating. Um, because on a, on a few different levels, right? Just because as a, as a black community, we just don't have the notion of um, uniting to be one voice during these times, right, of turmoil. And, and I was wondering, okay, 1988, let's see, I had been in Florida permanently about two years. I want to say 88. No, maybe that was 86. My mom um, finally came to Florida somewhere between 86 and 88. Um, Yeah, it was definitely 86. But, you know, where were the black celebrities at this point? The people that had money to put up, you know what I mean? Like, where was Michael Jackson? Where was Prince? Where was um, uh, Quincy Jones? Where were these people? Um, obviously, there, there are probably many athletes at that time that could have jumped up, but you didn't see that happen, right? And or, so or at least I it wasn't was, depicted in the movie, in, 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 the, in the series. It's not depicted in the movie, and I think we all, I think somebody has to write a book. I, I'm, I'm really interested in the historical context of it because I, I just like you said, I had questions because I'm three years old when this actually transpires. Um, even in 2002, when their sentences were vacated, I am... Uh, in high school. So I'm not, I'm not knowing any of this is going on yet. I don't know that I ever even halfway experienced any type of outrage um, in 2002 when it happened, because that was right after the sniper situation um, in Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. I've never heard anything of this Central Park five until this series came out. Of course not. Of course not. Because there, there, there was probably a very deliberate, um, choice that once the media had blew this thing up, right, and they knew that there was a possibility, well, now we got to suppress. We got to go the opposite direction and keep this out of the media. You know, where was the person that was paying $85,000 to run ads at that point when things started blowing up, you know, a la number 45, right? And, and it, it, there's just so many different things that we could hit on, man. And I, I I started researching earlier because I was curious. Um, 
every time something like this happens, right? Based on how we got here. So look, it's newsflash slavery, right? Mm -hmm. Which they are starting to say, there are researchers that say that, <laughs> why are you laughing, man? Because I know where you're going. And I had a very heated conversation about this, but go ahead. <laughs> there are researchers that say that post-traumatic stress disorder is inheritable. You can hand it down from generation to generation. There are studies that have shown um, the children of Holocaust survivors are more susceptible to PTSD right. because uh, I forget which part of the brain is a part of the brain that when you go through uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, it actually shrinks. And that's the reason why you have flashbacks and everything. Cause you don't actually have, um, the capacity to have those thoughts overtaken by fresh thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what then happens is in the children of those people who had post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, they're going through that. And then they also have less cortisol available to their system, which now makes you more susceptible to developing post-traumatic stress disorder for something simple. Mm -hmm. So, when you combine 400 years of slavery and then behind that, you combine whatever black leaders were assassinated. You combine the civil rights movement. You have things like police brutality in our communities and things like that. What is the, the, the long lasting long-term effect of that? Because even though you and I say, Hey, look, 2002, we didn't even really hear about it. Um, Obviously, look, I'm older than you, but I can tell you in 88, I was probably shielded from it, didn't hear much about it. But the other part of it is if you have a whole race of people in a particular place, right? Not a whole race, but those in the United States that are going through a form of post-traumatic stress disorder, how many people chose to close their mind to what was going on, to close their ears to what was going on because they didn't want to deal with it? And that's the problem. And that is a, I, that, that problem reared his head in Antron's father or Tron's father. Yes. Yes. Tremendously. Because he would rather have his son lie and take a lesser charge or whatever the case may be, because he knew what the system had up his sleeve. And I think he was right in that regard. Like they were going to do everything they could to pin him, but he would rather take the lesser of two evils instead of standing up and fight. And for me, you know, I hated I, I hated to see his character because he could have been such a strong part of Tron's life, even if he got sentenced or whatever. He could have been he could have been so much stronger as his father. But why I don't understand why New York City wasn't on fire. Like if something like that happens today, I I don't know that, you know, we could how do we just, you know, sit on, you know, our hands and and not be as active as we possibly can. Well, and, and that's another thing, right? So those tactics that were used, watch, watch, watch how things work. Those tactics that were used, even though you and I say, look, we don't really have recollection of that time. We didn't hear about it in 2002. We know if we get picked up by the police, we're not answering anything until you, I get an attorney and I don't want Word. your attorney. <laughs> Lawyer, that's it. Right? That's it. That's all we got to say. Now, 
we do know that tactics have changed. Mm -hmm. And, and I was talking to this with Wendy the other day. If you ever go for your concealed weapon license, there's one thing that they teach you. They say, if you ever pull your gun and you go to shoot somebody, make sure you kill them so that there's only one side to the story. Mm -hmm. And for those of you out there who have never gotten your concealed weapons license, um, these are police officers that are normally training these classes. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me that that is the new tactic. If you're there, they're trying to pin something on you and you're resistant, quote unquote, um, you want your attorney, then they're probably enacting some of the similar methods that we saw in, in, in when they see us. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't work, well, you have nothing left to do, but now this person has to mysteriously die. Mm -hmm. So think of the number of people at this point that have died in police custody, that have died in, in cells waiting for whatever to happen mm -hmm. with no explanation. Absolutely. Right. Uh, I just heard about a brother. Um, I think in Texas, uh, I forget what he went to do, but he was going to do something and got pulled over. They took him into jail. Um, they said that this brother was on, had meth in his system, had never done drugs a day in his life. You look at this brother, he's a big muscular dude. Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden this dude's brain is missing. His throat is missing and something else. And the family's still fighting to get an autopsy. And they're saying, oh, well, the state of, maybe it's Louisiana. I don't know. We have to look it up and get the facts out there for the folks. But um, there's no explanation as to, as to why. They said, oh, well, because he had meth in his system, it is our, um, it's our standard procedure to take some of these organs to do additional testing. Wow. That so standard procedure. Yeah. So here's a, here, here's a brother that we're not going to get any info on. We're not going to know what really happened. You could go down the list, Sandra Bland, all these folks that police custody and you never hear anything. You never get to hear their side of the story, but man, let's get back to when, to when they see us. Right. Because this this could go on and on and and what i try to tell people is look every single day as a black man you, we know that when we leave the house there is a possibility that we're going to run into some foolishness and we always got to think hey we we're expecting to come back home mm -hmm. but we know there's always a chance it's a gamble and i'm sorry there are people out there that just think that that's not reality but that is the reality it is absolutely reality. You see it every day. Um, the countless number of men who've lost their lives, but routine traffic stops, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, what I would like to see us do is, you know, learn from this stuff. And I mean, it's not like we're doing a whole lot wrong anyway. And it's unfortunate that we have to play by a different set of rules when, when all of these things happen. I mean, we can't, you can't reach for your ID anymore without, you know, making an announcement and having a, a, a sign on your shirt or something, you know, you're getting shot at regardless. Uh, it, it's, it's really unfortunate, but I think the, the way that we manage it is, um, it is really key. And unfortunately, you know, we have to have these conversations with our sons and even our daughters, because sometimes, you know, 
our women like to protect us, you know, in their own regard, and that can escalate situations as well. Um, so we really have to be intentional with how we prepare ourselves for these things, knowing what can and cannot hurt us and, and really identifying the best ways to, to go about these situations. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it kind of is the way it is. Um, one yeah, of the, you, one you of definitely the, have to, uh, to have a plan in the event that something happens. Um, even when we're driving our cars, we know, <laughs> look, you can't necessarily have your wallet in your back pocket because now you have to reach for something. You, you probably more than likely need to have your ID and something in a place that's in plain view that if you have to get it, if you're pulled over, there's not going to be a misunderstanding. Exactly. It's so unfortunate. Uh, one of the other things that I saw, and I think we really have to be better about, I think we, we do as a community, but watching the way that the mothers um, interacted um, and you see how much your place in society plays into how or shapes your experience. So Yusuf, mm -hmm. you know, his mother, you know, having the knowledge and knowing, you know, my son can't be questioned without me being present. He's only 15 years old. Uh, having the resources to, you know, surround him by people that will protect him. Even when he gets out, he's the only one that, you know, from what I've seen so far, he gets out and is able to land a decent job in, in technology. Whereas Raymond, you know, ends up back, you know, in the streets or whatnot. And the way that the mothers interacted, you know, even after their kids were sentenced and there really wasn't any, there shouldn't have been any true separation. There has to be a moment of, there has to be a, you know, a come together moment because the way that uh, I think it was Yusuf's mother and Corey's mother, and those are two best friends, it, it seemed like, just couldn't really get on the same page and really couldn't work together for the, the betterment of both of their sons because, um, you know, one just had their own situation at, 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 um, at heart. They were just solely focused on their own situation. They can't do anything that's going to jeopardize that. It really hurt me because I think that they, there was a middle ground. There was something that they could have done to, you know, be more supportive of each other and be more supportive of their sons in their relationship. And I haven't gotten episode four, but I'm a little worried now because Corey is the only person I hadn't seen from. Right. Right. Exactly. But again, you know, I talked about the larger community coming together. If we actually organized when things happen, would they keep happening? Right. Cause even when you look at the trial, it was kind of like, okay, every man for himself to a degree uh, you had, I think it was, Antron's lawyer, maybe. Mm -hmm. Who was the one that had the like the 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 sharpest lawyer out of them? The white guy. Yeah, the white guy. I think it was Antron's lawyer, Antron, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of trying to move everybody to, okay, hey, we need to work together to get this done. Mm -hmm. But you could tell that that didn't exist from be from the beginning, and each person was kind of like, well, my child is innocent, mm -hmm. as opposed to. No, these boys are innocent. Right. <laughs> you know, our children are innocent. <laughs> yeah. And again, look, we weren't there. We don't know all the facts. We're, we're, we're looking at this, um, this production 
of, of, of what happened. And I'm sure there's some things that look, you know, was that for the movie, whatever. And, and I'm, I'm sure, look, things were probably far worse than what they actually showed in film as far as what happened to the boys. I, I did see an interview where they said, yeah, what was depicted in, in, in the, the series, it was much worse. Mm-hmm. Right. I can, even, I can believe it. Even in the interrogation room, um, what happened to us in jail uh, was bad. Mm-hmm. So, Again, it's just one of those things where, man, if something happened today, how would we organize beyond just some people doing a walk or whatever? Like, because obviously money and politics is the way that you go at this. And that's the thing that I think people are missing is that you have to be proactive. And that's why people have to get out there and vote, because you have to make sure you have the right people in position at every level if you're going to combat something like this, if you don't have the right people, then you're in trouble. You know what I mean? How does this lady get to be a prosecutor? <laughs> Cause she had an agenda, man. And it was so apparent. Like she had, it's, she had the right intentions, right? You know, it's her intent. Not, I can't even say her right intention. She had the right, I guess, mission when it comes to protecting, you know, battered women or victims of sexual assault and things but her intentions to place blame where no evidence exists right that's ridiculous and i think um what you said about the organizing and understanding how these how these wars not battles but how these wars are really fought i don't think that there's I don't think you can get away with something like this today, especially with the move, how we as a people have elevated our minds and ways of thinking, how some of our athletes and entertainers are a lot more involved in certain social in social injustices. Um, but even our grassroots efforts um, are, are much more organized and active uh, in, in these, these instances. So I think um, that's what we need to take away from this situation. Um, we don't need to have any more Central Park Fives or any other um, of these types of injustices that happen on such a grand scale because you see how this shape. These dudes lost, these men lost like between six and 12 years of their li- lives. Yeah, I want to say uh, between six and 14. I think Corey ended up with 14, doing 14 years. 14 years in Rikers. As a no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't. Well, no, yeah, because he started there and then he, got transferred. He, he, he moved around. Yeah, but to a sixteen-year-old, and then even the way, even if he was half of what they depicted him as in the movie, innocent kid ran in the streets a little bit, skipped school, you know, whatever. He's in uh, there with uh, man. So many layers to this. Uh, <laughs> so many things, and, and what I don't want, what I don't want people to do is just harp on. Oh, look at what these white people did. Look at what these white people do because there's things that were our fault, right? So even for like Corey, um, as you'll see in episode four, there are some mental health things. There are some learning disabilities that come into play. Mm-hmm. And these I are all learning disability when he was on the stand. These are all things that, hey, was he getting help for this? Now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing any shade. I'm not casting blame because maybe the mother wasn't in position to get the help that was necessary. 
uh, when you get to number four, you'll see there were some other things going on family-wise that some of everybody in the family really needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would say is, again, where is the community support of that? Mm-hmm. Because there had to be people that were seeing before this even happened, hey, this family needs help. And unfortunately, I just don't think that we're at that point. We, we kind of go through life with blinders. They, that problem ain't on my doorstep, so I'm not dealing with it. That's their, they got to figure that out. And that's why we got to change this thing, man, because the title is very appropriate for what it stands for, when they see us. But it needs to go from when they see us to when we see us. Right. And what we do when we see us. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, uh, and, nah, and, and, and that's, again, the problem because – because of media and now social media, it is so easy to paint any group in a certain light when you pick the worst of the group that you are going to constantly project, mm-hmm. right? And, and basically what happens is you start operating on the law of averages and people don't even realize that. They are constantly operating in the law of averages all the time. And it's going to be the average depiction of what we see in the news and in the media of a certain group. And that's what makes it easy for you to now pin something on five boys, two boys, one person walking down the street in a hoodie. Um, It just makes it so easy. And that's where we have to be proactive with combating those images, but we can't do it if we're not willing to work with each other. Absolutely, man. So when we see us, we have to work with each other. We have to put ourselves in the right positions to make the right changes. We have to, there's so many things we have to do politically, financially, you know, the capitalization is is huge, Uh, but it's not anything that we can't do. I mean, we've survived this far. We have everything we need. We talked about black privilege several episodes ago, but we have the perfect opportunities in front of us to take advantage of all of our skills and talents to make the scenarios, to make the opportunities, to, to make the world that we need to live in, um, make that a realization. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think big picture is a problem. I don't think we have the vision. The vision hasn't been sharpened to, to, to that point yet where we can get behind the vision and push it. Um, just look at if, if, if we got behind one presidential candidate, right. And I don't care what color they are. If they, if they're going to do what's best for everybody overall, then what would happen if we all just said, okay, is what we're doing. Absolutely. What would happen if you did that for your mayor, your governor, uh, you know, your, your city commissioner, what would happen? But because it's always a, mm, I don't know if this person's carrying my specific interests, right? But maybe they're carrying this the specific interest of the overall group and you're going to get advanced because of that. But because you just lock in on that one thing, then all of a sudden we're disparaging just, just, coming up with things and reasons why not to vote for this person or to elect this person. But look, man, this whole thing, I can't wait to see what additional content comes out, what additional 
like there needs to be some more documentaries. And, and there's some documentaries out there. I think there was one that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I don't, I don't even know if I want to watch anymore. I don't want to see anymore <laughs> uh, because it's just a thing that, again, going back to post-traumatic stress disorder, this is one of those things. If we just keep looking at it, what does that do for us? Um, we need to heal. Unfortunately, to some degree, we'll never heal because they don't even want to deal with the fact that slavery was as bad as it was. <laughs> um, right. You have like this, this halfway, um, you know, sort of apology or, you know, recognition of a wrongdoing from the prosecutor. So I don't know, but I, I do think that it is important um, not to, to, in, in, you know, submerge yourself in these things, but it is history. It is our history. These stories have to be told because otherwise you have individuals like myself who would never know anything like that. And as um, enraged as it makes me watching this stuff and as shocked as I am to see people and to see people act in manners that I know they're capable of acting, but seeing how it impacts people that I, that I can relate to is just, you know, it's, it's very hard, but it, it fuels the mission, you know, it fuels the fire that I need to continue to push forward to create opportunities to continue to reach young men, even the young men that live in my apartment complex. It seems like every time I'm grilling on one of these grills by the pool or whatever, somebody's coming up to me, but that's, you know, those are the things where it's like, all right, I know I got an opportunity to, you know, put something in these guys or relate to these guys and keep, you know, give them something of value. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be a hot dog, cause I got a bunch of hot dogs or some words that'll help them get through whatever it is they might be going through um, at, at that point in time. I mean, it's, it's, it, those are the things that I kind of take from this because we have to, you know, push ourselves forward in order, in order to see what is at the end of the finish line. Right. No, I agree, man. I agree. So moving right along, man, if you haven't caught when they see us, man, it's definitely worth, definitely worth a watch. Um, but we do understand. I know I'm trying to watch it with Chris and she's just not really into it for the same reason you said she doesn't want to inundate herself in that type of um, things. But Coach K, I want to move oh, to you a little. Hold on real quick. So that person's name that I was talking about, it didn't just happen. It actually happened a year ago. Um, in Is this York, the Oregon person? In York, Pennsylvania, but it's still going on. They still have no answers. And he was a veteran, all this good stuff, and it's still going on right now. His name is – did I say his name? Everett Palmer is his name. Everett Palmer. Yep. So we'll, we'll dig in a little bit more and bring that to the, the 13th floor family. Absolutely. Keeping with, keeping with the family, man, we gotta, we, we're moving to you now, man. Um, and, you know, a few – was that a month or two ago where you started to take your, your health? Um, to another level of seriousness. I'm not going to say you started to take it seriously because you've always been, you know, the food guru. You've been conscious on what you put in your body, yeah. working out and stuff, whether it be yeah. consistent or not. But you decided to take your health into your, uh, to another level in your own hands. <laughs> so I, I would say I didn't decide to do anything. Um, what I really decided, probably about three months ago now, what I really decided to do was there was a pain in my back and what I decided to do was to go find, figure out what it was. <laughs> it's always something, man. I ain't been to the doctor in about a year and a half. And it's, I got to get there before I get that pain in my back or that mm-hmm. reason to send you to the doctor. That's what we need to be better about. But please mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go check that out and see what was going on. And, you know, you've heard me talk about going to a chiropractor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit different this time because we had 
we weren't in Chicago long, so didn't really have doctors and all that stuff. But long story short, got out of bed one day, back was hurting, decided, okay, let me go. Let me go see what this is about. Um, before I move any further, let me make sure we give this disclaimer. Look, we're not doctors. We don't give medical advice. We're not trying to tell anybody what to do in your particular situation. All right. So I go to the chiropractor. And of course, you know, I, I, I find a, a brother actually turns out he was um, Devin Hester's chiropractor when he was here playing for the Bears. Um, and a couple other NFL athletes, but that's besides the point. So I go to this guy and they decide, man, they want to do x-rays before they do any adjustments or anything, see what's going on. Um, he was wondering if there was a possibility I may have had, um, degenerative spine disease or something like that. So he wanted to make sure to see what was going on. And look, you know, I appreciated that again. Let's, let's talk about the law of averages. Here was somebody that just wasn't trying to cater to, all right, just give me this money. Let me do this and send you on your way. He wanted to dig a little bit deeper, which I was appreciative of. So he sent me for x-rays at the urgent care, which is in the same facility. I go to do the x-rays and because it's urgent care, they want to take blood pressure, um, temperature and all that stuff first. Well, that's where things kind of changed because they take my blood pressure and my blood pressure is like 166 over 119. You sure it went higher than that? No, I think that's what it was. Okay. I just remember we get this text message in the group and everybody is going crazy because we're like, how are you still walking around? You need to go to the emergency room, urgent care. Everybody in the group is like, careful, right. take care of yourself now. Right. And I'm like, no, um, <laughs> because I don't want to address it. But I knew there were a couple things working, right? So one, um, 166 over 119, ideal is what, 120 over 70, 120 over... 80, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they say, wait a minute. Um, look, are you in pain right now? I said, yeah, my back hurts, which is why I'm here. <laughs> and they're like, okay, it could be a possibility. That's why let's take it three more times. They take it like two more times, actually. Um, still high, 166 over 119. It, 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 it stays up in that range. So they're like, okay, well, look, have you had any previous episodes of high blood pressure? And I was like, no. So they say, okay, well, we want you to go to your primary care physician, which at this point I don't have. I don't have a primary care physician. Um, because normally if we saw this, we'd be sending you to the hospital right away. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have any intention of going to the hospital today. So no problem. I will go to the primary care physician. Um, the chiropractor, whatever that is, what it is. I needed to get a series of adjustments. There were some things that were definitely off, um, some pinched nerves, things of that nature. But now the problem is the blood pressure because at any given moment, if it were to spike, then we're having a different conversation or maybe you guys are having a conversation <laughs> and I'm just in a, I'm just in a, in a very good position to hear everybody talking. 
at that point if it were to spike. So let's pause there. So now, look, we know we already had talked about Chris died, Bang died, mm-hmm. uh, Carmen died, uh, Abeku died, all these people in the last year that had died or year to two years that had died. And obviously that's messing with me because I'm just like, man, you know, here we go. The silent killer blood pressure. Is it, is it here to get me? But at the same time, I'm like, okay, there has to be something to this. So I make the finally get a doctor, go to the doctor and he takes my blood pressure. And at this point, my blood pressure is probably 145 over like 112 or something. So it's going down a little bit, but not far enough. And the first thing this guy says is, oh, let me prescribe you these medications. He's ready to throw me on two medications. One's a diuretic, one is something else. Huh? I got a medication for you. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm sure you do. and I'm like, whoa, hey, look, can you tell me, tell me about these medications, tell me how long they've been around, tell me what the side effects of them are, tell me, you know, what's the, what's the, what are the side effects of long-term use, all of this stuff. And he's just like, oh, no, 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 many people take this, but he's not really giving me an answer. So I'm just like, look, I'm probably not going to take that stuff. I'm just telling you. He's like, no, no, but we need to get this blood pressure down immediately. It, it needs to go down. You're at risk. Um, I know you said you have a family. I'm like, you're right. I, I do have a family. Beyond that, you haven't taken any other measures to learn about me. You don't even know what I eat right now. You don't know anything, but you're already prescribing me these medications. Again, going back to the law of average, right? People have to realize a lot of these people and things that you do every day, the service they provide to you in their course of study is based on the law of averages. Based on we studied this many people, and in most cases, this is what you do to correct that issue. Or you want car insurance. Most people your age, your race, this is how they drive. This is why you're going to get this insurance rate, mm-hmm. right? And at this point, I had to make a decision. I am greater than the law of average, right? So what did you do? (laughs) So what do I do? Um, I start researching stuff, right? So I hit you up and I was just like, hey man, tell me about this hemp oil, right? In the meantime, you know, my mom and my dad, they're, you know, they've gone through this high blood pressure stuff, no people, you know, they're, they're, they're getting their stuff together. Right. And they're, they're on their way. They are coming to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I start right around the same time is when the whole Dr. Sibby thing is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Nipsey Hussle dies Mm -hmm. and because Nipsey Hussle died, that's how we ended up talking about Dr. Sibby. Mm -hmm. Right. And I find out that through fasting, right you can lower blood pressure. So I'm like, okay, let me try that out. So initially, I can't remember, what did I say I was gonna do? Did I say I was gonna do a 30 day fast or uh, it wasn't 30 days. I don't know what you said you were gonna do, but I know I remember you starting out with a week and I'm just like, hmm, week water fast. Sounds pretty intense. I think I was supposed to do two weeks. 
Mm. I only ended up doing a week because at this point, I probably weighed 205 pounds. And after a week, I was, down like 190, I, was down like, I was down to like 192. Yeah. Right. Cause I had already lost weight. I had already lost weight before I got to the, to the, to the water fast part. So after I come off the, the water fast, which I ended early because again, look, when your head is this size, you can't just <laughs> lose weight <laughs> too, too rapid. Right. Cause then your head just ends up looking like 3d, like it's a projection <laughs> old school NBA jams. So I put a stop to that. And when I checked my blood pressure, it had dropped down to, I think it was probably in the one thirties over like 95 or something. So there's forward progress. Meanwhile, I had a follow-up appointment at the doctor. So I go to this guy and look, lab coat, um, what they call it? Lab coat anxiety, whatever it is, that, that's a real thing. Um, because the first thing this guy wants to do is, oh, let me, let me check your blood pressure. He didn't, you know, ask me how I'm feeling, nothing. Just let me check your blood pressure. And I think it was 142 over 80 something. He's like, oh, you know, it's, it's gone down. The medication's helping. Mm-hmm. The medication. Right. The medication's helping. <laughs> and I said, look, man, um, I didn't take any medication. Um, yet it's gone down and he was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you haven't taken any medication. I'm going to have to see you back here in 30 days, start taking it. And I was like, look, man, again, you don't know me. Um, that thing's going to say stapled up in the same bags that I got it in. And you know, I just won't be back. I will find a different doctor who just isn't trying to push medication on me and get me to take this medication because that's where the cycle begins. Once I get on this medication, then what? You know, then I start to have a problem with this or with that. And again, we're not here for medical advice. If, if that's what you do and you love your doctor and he gives you these good meds, roll with it. But because I know myself, I knew there had to be a different way. And I knew that I was not just going to be a victim of the law of averages because I am greater than the law of averages. And funny, I find a new doctor. I go to him. And my dad came with me, actually, and my mom and dad had come. They brought all this stuff, man. They bought, like, garlic, like, big cloves of garlic, red garlic. I'd never seen red garlic before in my life. What? Um, oh, yeah, man. And they were like, oh, just eat one of these with every meal. Um, of course, you know, my family's from the Caribbean, so they came with all types of bush that I needed to boil and drink. And Did you get a like, bitter melon? I did, and I did not get bitter melon, no. Hmm. Um. But long story short, blood pressure's coming down, blood pressure's coming down. I went for that doctor that I went to, um, the second one. He said, man, um, your blood pressure is almost in a normal range. Like, you, you shouldn't be on any medication. I'm like, I'm not on any medication. Uh, and he wanted to do blood work again and everything, so did blood work with him. I went today, and my blood pressure was 120 over 80. Right. Excellent. And uh, the whole purpose of this is, look, don't be a victim of the law of averages. There's always going to be somebody. And look, in my case, it was a doctor who was ready to do whatever. Well, there are many doctors in everybody's life with titles and without titles. 
For some people, it's your mom. For some people, it's your wife. It's your husband. It's your friend. There's always somebody out there that thinks they know what's best for you based on their average understanding of the situation. So there's always going to be somebody trying to give you a diagnosis and your prognosis. And you can't just sit there and just allow them to think that they have the best thing that's for you. They have the cure that's going to help you because if they haven't taken, taken the time to understand your individual circumstance. So this doctor that I went to, that I go to now, man, when I tell you he wanted blood tests for everything, urine tests, I think I did six or seven vials of blood. <laughs> and the number of things that he got back are, are, are just crazy. Um, but he was really trying to understand the history. The first visit was, we talked for an hour of him trying to understand who I was, how do I eat, what my family history is. And look, again, not just in the medical field. For some of you, it's, you know, what job you have or what job you think you can have. There are people trying to guide that. For the Central Park Five, look, there were people trying to tell them what was the best thing to do. And some of it was bad information. It was bad advice. Um, and if they would have stayed true to who they were from the beginning, granted, look, they, they were abused, they were beat, all types of stuff. All right. But you know what? At some point, and it's tough to say this without being in the situation, but I think I would have rather died telling the truth and sticking to my truth than ending up in a situation just like this. Look, I would have rather died, <laughs> you know, trying to do the right thing for myself based on what I know for myself. And then look, no harm, no foul on anybody. That was the choice I made. I made the right choice this particular time. And look, you're going to make mistakes. But the key here is knowing that you're better than the law of average and sticking to who you are and your identity and doing those things that are in line with who you are. And once again, the, we come back to you doing things with what's in line with who you are and a lot of people, you're going to hear them talking about the why and the how. But if you don't know the who, you can't ever get to that why or that how. So don't allow people to come in your life and diagnose you and give you a prognosis based on their knowledge. Go out and get your own knowledge. Figure that out because that's the difference between you having blood pressure of 166 over 119 and being on medication for the rest of your life. And that wasn't even necessary when just through natural methods, controlling what you eat, exercising, doing other things. Well, there is some form or fashion or technique in your life that you need just like that in some given situation where you don't need what everybody else has. Make sure that you have what's for you and you execute. Going back to the shirt, execute. You got to execute your plan that is in line with who you are and the life, the world will be a, a different, a totally different place. Totally different. There it is, man. I like it so much. So I think we got to find us. A, um, I don't know if it's an herbalist or a naturopath doctor, but somebody that'll kind of help solidify some of those points we talk about, because I think that that health piece um, is is huge and 
there's a lot of natural remedies that are out there that we utilize um, on a daily. Coconut oil being, you know, one of them. CBD yep. oil, hemp oil, um, hemp in general, another. Um, um, apple cider vinegar. What I started doing for my blood pressure was carrot, turmeric, and ginger. You know, I started making a, a ginger cinnamon tea and doing that a couple of times a week. And I'm right back at that 120 over 80-ish, like 126 over 80, where I'm typically around 136, 140 over 90. Mm -hmm. um, but doing that regularly, you know what I'm saying, helps put me in a better bracket. And I'm fighting some of the genetics. I'm fighting genetics right now because everybody in my family has high blood pressure and is on some type of pill. Or whatever. So I really want to. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have to highlight that going forward. But but that's great stuff, K. I appreciate you sharing that with us uh, as we wrap man, up. And absolutely, man. And look, there, there are people out there. Somebody needs to hear that, man. Again, don't just think it's about you know your health. It's it's about everything. It's about your career. It's about your marriage. Um, it's about so many different things that if if you allow people, they're always gonna try to tell you what's best for you and you gotta <laughs> discover that on your own got to got to as we wrap this thing up man i gotta shout out mike d he's in cleveland now doing his thing with the community, community cup. cup huh i said community cup community cup man we talked about it and it is now here um if you're listening to this we you know we dropped this on friday so you got the friday event at cuyahoga uh county public library going on um so that means i gotta drop this thing at 6 a.m so y'all get there Cuyahoga County Public Library at 10 a.m. Uh, he got the, um, it's a family youth program going on. I think they got health fair screenings going on out there, live music, uh, healthy eating and nutrition and education, everything for the community, man. There's several other events going on throughout the week. Uh, they're going to have a big thing for All-Star Weekend, uh, baseball's All-Star Weekend down there with the Josh Gibson Foundation and stuff. But um, definitely got to shout out Mike D because this is a dream that he's had. Mm -hmm. You know, his passion has driven him for so long. We've been talking about this thing for a couple of years, and we stayed true, um, persevered, and he made it happen. We made it happen. Um, if you want more information on the Community Cup, www.communitycupclassic.com, the website. Check him out. And if you're in that, uh, that Cleveland area, definitely get out there to the event on Friday um, and support. And support. And we're going to recreate this thing and take it all over the nation. Michelle, yeah, so, so just to give, you know, some some more details um june 12th is the health fair by the time this comes out that that may have been gone that's at parma snow branch from 10 to 4. uh june 13th is the health fair and family event at warrensville high school from 10 to 3. um on june 14th there are the family and youth programs at parma snow branch that's from 10 to 4. and on june 15th there's a youth football clinic uh, at warrensville high school from 9 to 2. Um, so absolutely, if you're in the Cleveland area, uh, if you know somebody in the Cleveland area, uh, definitely let them know about that or show up yourself um, and look for uh, look for Mike D and look for Fresh. Fresh is up there, too. Fresh is, uh, Fresh is out there getting this thing on, man, supporting. We had to get one from the team down there, man, or up there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, man, it's crazy. They just had an a earthquake in Cleveland yesterday. What? Yeah. Was it one of the many earthquakes where it's like, you know, you only yeah, it's like a 4.0 or something like that on the scale? 4.0? That's, yeah. that's pretty good. And like 5.0, like the highest on the Richter? I thought there might be like a seven point scale or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know. it wasn't enough to, to shut everything down. So that's good. 
Easy. So the community cup is happening still. Uh, we're going to get Mike D's take on that thing. Hopefully next week, once he gets back, man, we get to talk about all the, the fun stuff. Uh, one caveat, the, um, the football clinic was postponed. Um, that's going to be happening during the all-star weekend now. Um, so yeah, but they got everything else going on. Carol ran it down, but check out the website, community cup classic, um, uh, BJ's out in Alaska getting that 23 hours of sunshine. Um, what else, who, what else we got going on, Carol? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, he's out in um, Alaska. He's on a mission trip with the church, on actually. A mission trip with the church. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're doing something for some kids and whatnot for the week. Uh, so it's been pretty cool. He's been sending pictures. Uh, man, you know, traveling is just it's, traveling is just amusing, man. So I've been to Alaska myself, so I've experienced that whole daylight thing, but um, where he is, man, it's right there. The water, the mountains and everything is pretty cool. Uh, what else we have going on, man? Shout out to Jay Dace, who's out there just, you know, doing his thing. And Jay Dace is hustling and in love at the same time, man. It's a hustling and love. I think that's the only way that Jay Day knows how to exist. <laughs> <laughs> Since we've known him. But that's all right, man. Jay, we love you. We miss you. Happy to see you grinding and happy at the same time. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what else we got going on, man? Man, Faison, somebody put out an APB on Faison, man. I don't even know where Faison is. Um, yeah, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> somebody go look for the the. <laughs> we need the BFBG on the show. Yeah, the big the big friendly black guy. Somebody go find him. Tell him we're looking for him. He might be lost. And Kenny is out here enjoying all his newfound fame from his last couple of episodes on the 13th floor. Uh, so, Kenny, we definitely appreciate the gems you were dropping, man, and all the success you've seen since. Listen, man, Ken- Kenny always been famous, man. Don't don't <laughs> don't, don't play yourself. <laughs> Easy. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We done here on the 13th floor, man. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Vimeo, and YouTube at 13th floor, please, on your social medias. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Hey, somebody from Title, get holler at us, man. We want to get on Title, man. We want to, we want to at least be in the billion dollar space, even though we don't have a billion dollars yet. We will, yeah. but we'll get there. But yeah, somebody, somebody knows somebody that knows somebody and get us on Title. That's what we want to be. And then uh, Jaden and and Will, we still waiting for the info on Just Water. Um, yeah, you still getting your cases in. Still getting my cases in, man. Unfortunately, man, you know, I was looking for a good reason not to switch because I may have to just because it's just not enough water. We run out so quick. They don't offer a larger package or you can't just order more? They do, man, but we don't have any sponsors of the show, man, so. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So hold on now. The way way my check-ins and savings are set up. So it's their fault. You can't order enough water to, to sustain your life. Yeah, man. They need to lower that price, man. Even though, look, man, I, I, I've I come, I am a water snob at this point, man. Look. I believe it. I'm look, with you. Uh, I'm, I'm still kicking I'm gonna, it with Trader Joe's. If I'm going to invest money in something, it might as well be water. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. The 13th floor.
the 13th floor. 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 floor.